the podcast the only podcast about books i'm tim i'm tom and we are booksmen i'm spooked this week tom why i read uh, a scary book i finished the scary book oh i see yeah well guess what it just kept getting scarier and scarier that's that's the the scariest books of them all yeah stephen king mr S. King came in and was just like, I'm going to ratchet this up and ratchet it up and ratchet it up. And just when you think it couldn't get any more ratcheted, I'm going to ratchet it up some more. The S stands for scary. Do you think that's why? Um, hmm. Yeah, he's. <laughs> do you think uh, that's why he was named Stephen King? Do you- <laughs> so it'd be S. King and it'd be Scare King. Mm, the king of scares, perhaps. Yeah. Um, we have we talked in these episodes about Stephen King's uh, former alcoholism. I don't think so. Uh, I just know. Well, we should say I know we've both read Stephen King's On Writing, a fantastic mm. book about writing, but also like kind of a, a memoir uh, mm-hmm. uh, from Stephen King. But the craziest thing from that is he talks about, you know, being uh, being a drug addict, being an alcoholic. And I never got over the fact that he was an alcoholic whose alcohol of choice was beer. Yeah. (laughs) Was just like uh, um, I forget what it was called, but it was like Milwaukee's best. But it was like Milwaukee's best XX or something like that. And it was like a higher alcohol Milwaukee's best, which considering I like, you know, an occasional higher alcohol, an IPA or something, but it, you know, it makes it harder to drink. That's why people like light beer, some people, because they're easy to drink. You know, it makes sense. The more alcohol, the harder it is to drink because alcohol is poison and your body reacts as, as such when it enters and it tries to get you to stop drinking it um but he would drink milwaukee's best and i i don't know if i'm exaggerating but i feel like he said he drank 18 to 24 like tall boys a night while he was writing which even if that was water i don't know how you would drink that much yeah uh, uh, Are you trying agreed. to find it? Or is that what you're leafing through right now? Yeah, I'm trying to find it in... I mean, here's what I found. Mm-hmm. Um, he says here easy. in chapter one, I like beer. <laughs> I like beer. <laughs> um, his wife uh, kind of staged a one-woman intervention mm-hmm. and began by dumping a trash bag full of stuff from my office out on the rug. Beer cans, cigarette butts... Cocaine's in gra- cocaine in gram bottles and cocaine in plastic baggies, Coke spoons caked with snot and blood, <laughs> Valium, Xanax, bottles of Robitussin cough syrup and NyQuil cold medicine, even bottles of mouthwash. Why was he throwing out uh, uh, Xanax? Oh, probably just the containers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. 
Yeah, um, I mean that that's a lot of uh different things to be uh throwing in there. Yeah. Um Yeah, I can't uh I can't find that, but um honestly, I went I went through and I tried to find um uh anything that he wrote about his uh about pet cemetery in uh-huh. in this book yeah cuz i'm i'm curious at at what stage in all that he was at well this was in the phase where he claims like he was just writing in like he i don't think he mentions pet cemetery at all in on writing okay um and i think it was at the the phase in his life where he was just so coked up and drunk all the time that he's just like i have no recollection of writing like five of my biggest books yeah (laughs) they they just happened i think i remember cujo maybe he mentions uh uh that he's just like oh yeah i mean they said i wrote that i don't know (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. I, I just did a quick uh, DuckDuckGo search here, and uh, they just mentioned um, uh, he supplemented the gallons of beer he consumed. So, uh, yeah, it was a lot with yeah. cocaine. He did so much cocaine that sticking cotton up his nose was the only way to stop the blood tripping onto his typewriter. Um, yeah, and then it says, you know, so many artists enable their drug use and drinking of alcohol with the belief that they need they need it for inspiration and continue creating. There's a sad misconception, of course. Uh, yeah, I can't find. Um, I can't the find crazy exact... beer, the crazy yeah. high alcohol beer he was drinking. But it was something. It was just. It was yeah, high... accidentally. I remember like one time I, did, I was hanging out with a buddy. Mm-hmm. And he brought over some beer, and Tim, is this a made-up story? <laughs> no, it's Harrison. Oh, he okay. came over, um, and we were just like watching TV and drinking beer, and like we had each had like two beers, and it was like ten thirty p.m. Mm-hmm. And it was like both of us had done like heroin. We were just on the couch and realized that like we neither of us had said anything in mm-hmm. like. You know, forty-five minutes, and we were just like sinking into the couch, and we looked, and it was like nine point four percent beer oh, wow. or whatever. Mm. It was just like that's all it takes for me, like a couple of those to just be completely catatonic. Yeah, I was gonna say actually, be, like I was saying earlier, I, you know, I occasionally like uh, a high alcohol content beer. I do not like when I have a high alcohol beer that doesn't taste like it's high alcohol. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because yeah, that that's a, a one way ticket to Trouble Town, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Like I want to taste like okay, this is very alcoholic, and like that's good sometimes. But like and I'm gonna you have can pace one yourself of these. accordingly. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm gonna sip this kind of like it's a, a whiskey. Like right. I whiskey, I love whiskey, but I do not want like. I don't want a whiskey that doesn't burn. <laughs> the burning is is uh, uh, a benefit of the product. It yeah, if it tasted me. like Coca Cola, the uh, oh boy, yeah, in real trouble, my friend. Um, but I do remember I read a uh, a book once about uh, Lee Child and his writing process. I, I think it was called um, the Jack Reacher Man. Yeah, I think it was called Reacher Said Nothing. 
Um, Okay. And it was uh, like a reporter. Honestly, the reporter was like extreme or the you know reporter that wrote this book was an extreme sycophant who like made no uh, illusion that he wasn't, you know, talked about how much he loved uh, Lee Child and Jack Reacher. That's how you feel about J.K. Rowling, right? Dom? <laughs> but um, I thought it was uh, crazy. Reading that book, he talked about how, like, well, like Lee Child every day, you know, starts his writing in the morning, starts it by lightning, lighting a big fat joint. <laughs> like, really? Like, and, you know, Lee Child's, I don't know, 60s. That's not his real name. I forget his real name. Yeah, but, you know, he's a, he's a flower child, man. Yeah, I guess. But I'm just thinking, I mean, maybe it was that. Maybe he got himself some, like, real 60s weed. Or, well, I guess he'd also have, like, a tolerance by now. But I'm like, I don't know. If I, you know, had some pot first thing in the morning, I'd be like, well, the last thing I want to do is write. <laughs> what I want to do is just go stare out the window for a few hours. I've known people like this, and this is why, like, I I haven't smoked pot since college. I've only smoked it, like, twice since college and had bad experiences, Um, mostly because I'm afraid of death and I'm afraid of um, time passing too quickly and getting old. (laughs) So you think you might accidentally smoke something very strong and all of a sudden you're 80 years old? No, my thing is that, um, that like, look, I think back to like 20 years ago. Uh huh. Right? It's like, oh, I was, st- it was my first year in college. Yeah. And I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. Right? It's like, <laughs> and then if I think, all right, 20 years from now, when I'm 58 years old, right? Yikes. And it's just like, oh, well, if 20 years ago feels like yesterday, mm-hmm. then 20 years from now feels like tomorrow, I can't freaking take a couple hits of a joint and lose eight hours. <laughs> like <laughs> You're not going to lose eight hours if you take a couple uh, of hits of a joint, yeah. Sometimes you I sissy. do, Tom, because I fall asleep. <laughs> well, and then once yeah. I'm asleep, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> but, but, hey... But I know people who mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I I smoke a little bit and then I clean my whole house because I'm I'm never more productive than when yeah. than when I smoke. It's like ah, I I wish I was wired that way. Right. Well, Where, I like, remember smoking makes you just be like, oh, I'm gonna like do all the tasks that. Yeah. You know. uh, I think it was in those like leaked Sony emails that the North Koreans got. That there were emails about like uh, the people who took over uh, Seth Rogen's old office and they had to like rip the wallpaper out because like the whole room just stank of marijuana because <laughs> they were yeah. like, no, he just smoked, you know, all the time while he was in there. And it's like, that's wow. All right. Good for him. That, yeah, that, because he wrote, produced and starred in <laughs> dozens of movies. In that yeah, time. Exactly. Like he was hyper productive. Like $3 billion in box office. Yeah. Yeah, he was having, you know, meetings, uh, meetings about movies that he was, yeah, producing, writing, directing, acting in. He wasn't getting high and just staring out the window. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, Lee Child is more of a Seth Rogen than a Tom Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Sure. 
But I just think it's interesting that, uh, that, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. Alcohol and marijuana are two very different drugs. And mm-hmm. and cocaine, obviously, and Xanax and all those other things. I guess uh, Stephen King wasn't like a big weed guy, huh? I guess not. Yeah. He was like, oh, that puts me to sleep. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I beg to differ, though, Tom. I think the, the craziest part of the, uh, the book... Uh, on writing is mm-hmm. when he tries to get revenge on the man that hit him with his van. Yeah, and almost killed and him. And nearly killed him. Um, which I really thought that Pet Cemetery would come up in, in this section of the book. Right. Because so much of it is about death uh, and-, and getting hit by a car on a deserted oh, yeah. main road. Yeah. Um, and like what happened to the cat and the kid in this book happened to him in real life, but he didn't make that connection. Um, <laughs> what he did make the connection several times is that he and his family were planning later that night to go see the movie The General's Daughter together. Oh, all right. And he was disappointed that he didn't get to go see The General's Daughter because he got hit by a van and almost died. Because John Travolta was in it, and John Travolta was in Carrie. Oh, was he? Mm-hmm. I don't, th- <laughs> no. I don't think I knew and, that. And that was what he was concerned with. But then he 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 just he names the guy. Yeah. Uh, Brian Smith, and that guy since died. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a. It's it's. I recommend reading on writing, but at like the last thirty pages are just like. A bitter screed against a man, like totally within his rights to be angry at this. Yeah, yeah, he almost killed him. And but also, like, he didn't kill him. And like, (laughs) Stephen King has a has a has a has a big platform. Yeah, but did that guy Brian ever apologize or anything? I think so. Yeah, I don't know. He like pretty remorseful. I don't know. He hit him and left him for dead. Right. I think that was the big thing. It wasn't no, like he stopped. Oh, I thought he left him for dead. No, uh, he I stopped. don't know what Stephen King's big problem is. <laughs> Relax, Stephen King. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maine's a weird place. Maine is a weird place. I've never and... been there, but but just based on like I don't know things I've heard. It just seems like a very weird place. It's very remote, you know? And, like, it, it just seems like the, the one of the states... I mean, you, I think you could say this about a lot of, like, the, the extreme Northeast. It attracts a type of person, regardless of, like, their politics and ideology and all that stuff. The type of person that just wants to be left alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Doesn't they want... want- anyone to bother them yeah and they're friendly enough but just also like to a point and it's you have your you have your limit and it's just like now back the fuck off or i'll kill you right and i'm within my right here yeah i'll tell you brian smith the Mm -hmm. man who almost killed uh stephen king with a van Mm -hmm. uh, appeared in the book the dark or in the dark tower series 
Yeah, yeah. He, I, I've, I've, I haven't read the whole series, but I've heard that that he appears as like an antagonist. <laughs> Which again, I would think like, I don't know, wouldn't Stephen King's lawyers be like, hey, I don't know about this. <laughs> I don't know if you should put a real person who almost killed you as a, a bad guy in the book, in a book you're writing, a fictional book. But I don't know. Maybe it's just like, nah, I know this guy. He's not going to go get a lawyer. Yeah. Well, he's dead. Yeah. Also, I feel like, I don't know. I guess Stephen King used to have crazy fans. I feel like he doesn't as much anymore. No, I think people see his Twitter account and they're like, oh, that's just a cheesy old guy. <laughs> yeah, he's just a cheesy old guy. Like, he's yeah. like, oh, he's one of these like guys that says, like, who spells Trump, uh, lowercase t, capital R, U-M-P. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Trump's got to go. And it's like, oh, Right. You're... It's just like, oh, this guy's just like an old boomer. That... <laughs> yeah. You know, he's doing a good thing. He's trying his best. But at the end of the day, he's like, well, I'm very rich. <laughs> and like, <laughs> ultimately, this is not really going to affect me. I'll I'll speak out as much as, you know, I can. Like, I think he's a good dude that way. But I oh, think yeah. He- no, I think he, he speaks out a lot. But I think it's just in like a cheese in a way that I went to a a. Uh, it's, this isn't important, but I went to like a, a, a concert mm-hmm. last year at um, the town hall in, yeah. in New York City, mm-hmm. um, and it was like was uh, Mayor De Blasio there? Why would you say that? Because it was the town hall, and no. he's the mayor. No, it was like Jackson yeah, well, Brown. Well it, well, it was probably too early in the morning, right? <laughs> he was at the. Uh, what? Uh, what the YMCA? Oh yeah, he was he was at the Park Slope Y. We're getting real in the weeds about New York City politics here. <laughs> no, it's like Emmy Lou Harris and Jackson Brown. Okay, um, like who are like in in a, in a bunch of old like sixties hippies. Yeah, yeah. And they were like doing a thing, and it was like it was it was for a good cause, and it was like speaking out against, you know. Uh, injustice in in mm-hmm. it, was, it was an anti-Trump thing, right? And, yeah. But like, it was like these people who were all in their seventies singing mm-hmm. songs about like, and this is a song about immigrants, and it's called immigrant "I'm an song. Immigrant." <laughs> no, no, it would just be like "I'm an immigrant," and it's like it was like seven white people on the stage, yeah, like yeah. being like, "We gotta care about," and it's like, oh, you guys all have your hearts in the right places, but like. <laughs> Your brand of activism is yeah. like not re- you're not doing anything. Nothing right. is happening from this. There's a bunch of people. Obviously, one of five people in the building under fifty. Yeah, and it was all white liberals, and it was like you're not changing any minds. You're not doing anything, and like that's what I feel like Stephen King's Twitter account is. It's just like. Look, I I agree with you on everything, but like this ain't yeah. it. This isn't, this isn't the way that you're going to change minds or, or affect anything. Yeah, I was going to say, I bet at a thing like that, there were probably a ton of people, a ton of boomers that like think they agree with those politics. But if you pride, they would be like, oh, well, no, of course I don't think blah, blah, blah. 
I mean, I would push back on that a little bit, but like if you looked at their like stock portfolios, you'd oh, be like, well, oh. that, yeah, that that's kind of what I'm yeah. saying. That their yeah. their words don't ma- match their actions. Uh, but also, like, I don't know. You guys are you guys are fighting a beast that you don't know, and it's not going to be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're not going to be won by folk easily. songs about immigrants. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> Anyway, Tim, Pet anyway, Cemetery. What happened? Pet hey, Cemetery. Did, tell me what happens in this book. Do you remember what happened last week? The kid died. The little boy he got yeah. whacked by a truck. Yeah. And uh, the daddy was like, I'm going to put him in that pet cemetery. Kind of, yeah. He wasn't like sold on it. He knew that but that was a bad idea. But he had the idea. It was brewing in his noggin. And do you remember the pet cemetery was kind of like it was the reason Judd mm-hmm. told him told Lewis about it originally. Like the pet cemetery draws you back. Yeah. Like it wants you once you know about it, mm-hmm. and once you've you've harnessed its power. Yeah. It wants you to keep coming back and doing that. Did did you watch the movie Doctor Sleep? I did not. Man, I just bought it on Blu-ray. Why? It was two dollars and sixty-seven cents <laughs> at the Walgreens. No, on Amazon. Okay. I'm telling you, it's a good movie. I hear the director's cut is a lot better. This than came the with original. the director's cut and the theatrical cut. I've only mm-hmm. seen the uh, director's cut. But I really liked it. It had one of the um the the woman, oh, what's her name? It's something the hat is is the the bad person's name. The bad Harry guy. the Hat. No, not not Harry the Hat. From Cheers. It was Harry Anderson. Um but it's the the woman who plays the love interest in Mission Impossible. Mhm. Y- you know what I'm talking about? Ferguson? Yeah, I don't. Something Ferguson? Mm, Ferguson from Clarissa Explains It All. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. No. Yeah, it's pronounced Fergwad. Um, Rebecca Ferguson. Rebecca Ferguson. She plays the, the bad guy in the movie, and I feel like she does... Rose the Hat. Rose the Hat. A phenomenal job. Um, and I think Rose the Hat is um, the man in black from uh from the dark tower like it's the same entity oh, or really? whatever and um, this is a, a shining yes sequel, right? yeah it's <laughs> a, a sequel to the shining she does and the movie does such a good job at portraying a th- i think the best job i've ever seen in film at portraying a stephen king villain of just like chilling just like, oh, this person's like completely at ease with who they are uh, and what and just like so confident in their plan, which is like very nebulous to the to the reader or, or the, the viewer. Um, very just a very uh, amazing performance. I felt like uh, haunting. And I mean, um yeah, uh, uh, what's his name plays uh, plays Danny Torrance too. Jacob Tremblay, I want to say. <laughs> no, Ewan McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and he also does a fantastic job. He's playing, you know, a, a grown up version of Danny from The Shining, mm-hmm. uh, who's who is like a you know has a serious alcohol and drug problem, but he's on the mend. But you know, he's still grappling with those demons. Great, great uh, surprisingly good movie. I highly recommend. I'll I'll lend you my Blu-ray. Jacob Tremblay was in Doctor Sleep, though. He played Danny, right? <laughs> Are you being sarcastic? <laughs> I thought maybe he played a young Danny. Hold on. He plays Bradley. Oh, Bla- okay. Bradley Trevor. Um, I don't remember him in it, but but yeah, they they I think also he dies a grisly death. Oh. Oh God, I remember now. Oh yeah, all that I heard was an anecdote. All I've heard of an a- it was uh, an anecdote. We're on set. He like lost his mind. Like, oh really? Uh, like during this during the take. Yeah. Like that. It's like the most chilling, disturbing scene that you've ever seen a child have to play. Yeah. And then afterwards, the whole cast and crew was just kind of like. They like called cut, and the whole cast and crew was like, Ooh, and he was just like, "All right, guys, I'll be in my trailer. Um, can <laughs> yeah. I get a diet coke?" And like, just the most like, just regular kid, just like jumped yeah, up. He's like, "Okay, it, I think we got it, it. Wow, this is a lot of fun. I really like making movies." Hey, everybody. yeah, it, it's him being like slowly killed, a child murder in like a ritualistic ceremony. It's horrible, but. uh but yeah, good movie. Cool. Um, okay, so um, but it Judd, ain't this movie or book. <clears throat> so Lewis is kind of like, all right. Um, he says to his wife Rachel, mm-hmm. "Hey, take our surviving child and go to see your parents in in Chicago. I'll meet you there." Right? Yeah. And like she's like, all right. And he's like, oh, I shouldn't do this, but like I kind of want to. Uh, like he's being drawn to do it. The the right, pet cemetery yeah. is drawing him. He back. can't help himself. Um, all right, so this book has covered a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. This last quarter of the book just takes place in like 36 hours. Okay. Like, um, they, uh, his wife and kid get off the plane and the kid is freaking out. Ellie, mm-hmm. she, she had a nightmare on the plane. She's like, we have to go back, but Ellie's uh, like six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Pax cow came to me and he was with daddy and gauge who was the son who died and church who was the cat who unbeknownst to everybody else died and came back to life in the pet Mm. cemetery she's like he said he couldn't interfere but he had to warn us um bad sign like and uh rachel the mom is like i don't know what the fuck you're talking about and then she finally puts it together Pax cow Victor Pascal was the the guy oh, who the died kid, in the beginning. Yeah. The young that, guy um, that came to Lewis in a dream that mm-hmm. was basically like, "Don't go to this pet cemetery ever." Yeah, he took him there. Um, whatever. She starts freaking out. The two of them are freaking out. She finally um, convinces her parents to to let her fly back immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, "I'm worried about Lewis. I have to go see him," and they reluctantly let her. She. Uh, she has to like fly to Boston to like 
banger to like she has to like yeah. to from Bo- from Chicago to Boston. She doesn't Boston fly to direct. Portland, Portland to yeah. She's like three flights and she misses the last one by like just a little bit because she's yeah. sprinting. And then she rents a car and she's driving and like everything Wait, the goes kid wrong. Kid rents a car? No, this is the, the wife. Oh, I see. She went out to see her parents uh-huh. and her parents went her. So went. her and the kid went back. No, just her. Oh. Wait, why her? Oh, she had the dream? The kid had the dream. Okay. And then she tried to get in touch with Lewis, couldn't get in touch with Lewis. Oh, I see. And she's like, and she realized like something crazy is going on yeah, here. Yeah, something, something wacky is happening. This kid should not know the name of this guy. There's no yeah, reason. Yeah. And like, whatever. Um, and she has a bad feeling. At first she thinks like, is Lewis going to kill himself? Is that why he yeah. sent us away? And I had to go back and stop him from doing that. Um, so she misses her flight, but because of freak circumstances, she rents a car and she's going to drive through the night. The car breaks down mm. like, and it's almost like something is trying to keep her from this, getting there. This reminds me of 112263. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a lot of that. Yeah. Man, that book was so good. <laughs> but That's there, the best there, Stephen King book. Yeah. There's a part in that book for people who haven't read it where like t- time is fighting back against this guy and, you know, stopping him from trying to prevent the assassination of JFK. And like, yeah, just a bunch of like bad luck happens to him. Yeah. Um, same thing. Uh, she had called Judd earlier, the old mm-hmm. man across the yeah. street from the real world um and he's like oh yeah i think he's gonna do something bad i, I thought this was gonna be the one episode that we didn't mention chud being from the real world but i guess it won't be yeah whatever should have asked for it if you wanted it um and he's like and he's just like uh lewis isn't home right now mm-hmm. he's out but i'm going to sit by my window and just watch and when he comes out when he comes back I'm yeah. going to go across the street and I'm going to stop him from burying this kid in the pet cemetery because I think that's what he wants to do. Yeah. And he hears these voices in his head that are just like, you can't stop him. Don't stop him. Mm. Always a bad sign. Yeah. And he has, he, he starts drinking some beers because <laughs> like that's what he well, does. To drown out the voices. Yeah. Um, but he can't fight sleep and mm. uh, he falls asleep. Um, well, I'm sure the so beers didn't help. The beers didn't help, but they also say like it was only four beers, so that shouldn't have made him fall asleep. And I was like, four beers? <laughs> <laughs> I'd sleep for eighteen hours. <laughs> this old man. I wonder if they were the uh, the Milwaukee's best <laughs> triple yeah, X the, or whatever. Yeah, the Milwaukee Tall Boys. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh, he's kind of pre- prevented from from intervening as well. So as all this is happening, Lewis, first he's at the Howard Johnson's eating a nice meal, mm-hmm. which is right across the street from uh, the cemetery where they just buried buried Gage. Yeah. Um, and then it's this whole um, long Mr. Bean-like sequence <laughs> of him... Uh, sneaking into the cemetery, he has to like climb a tree, and like whenever a car would go by, he'd have to hide. He almost fell on the spikes when he jumped down from the tree. He smashed his knee on a on a on a grave. 
um, or on a on a headstone, and like his he might have broken his knee or something. Um, but finally, he gets into the 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 cemetery like at like midnight, and he starts digging up his son, and he digs up his son, and it's a whole thing, and he mm-hmm. gets him out. Um, and this whole time, Tom, the way it's structured is nice because you're just like. There's 60 pages left. Uh-huh. There's 50 pages left. And you're just like, I think they might stop him from doing this. <laughs> because, right. Like, yeah. And then, and then it can just like here. wrap up quickly. And like, and like, Stephen King has done a great job of just making you just kind of like, I don't want this to happen. I do not want him to dig up his son, take yeah. him to the pet cemetery, and uh, I know what's going to happen there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're kind of rooting for it, and he's not leaving a lot of time left for like the bad thing to happen. Yeah, and like it's a little bit of a sense of relief. Um, but then it happens. He goes, <laughs> and like it's a whole thing. He, he walks again up the. Uh, you know, nobody's there to stop him. His wife couldn't get home in time. Judd fell asleep. And he goes and, and he buries his kid and then he goes back and he's hurt. You know, he had to he had to take all these tools with him and a pickaxe yeah. and a shovel and um when he comes back his knees all fucked up. He's got like a cut on his back and he's just like and he just like I'm gonna go to bed and you know, he takes his his doctor's bag uh out of the uh, the closet, mm-hmm. and he's like, if Gage comes back and he's evil, <laughs> I'm just going to take one of these morphine things and inject him with it with so much morphine that it would kill a horse and he right. would die. And like nobody has to know about it, and then I'll go meet my wife and kid in Chicago, <laughs> and then we'll get through this grief. I'll, I'll go bury my child in a regular cemetery, <laughs> and, <laughs> and nobody will be the wiser. Anyway. Um, the kid comes back to life. He comes while, while Lewis is sleeping, the kid goes through the medicine bag and takes out a a scalpel, heads Mm. across the street, wakes up Judd Mm -hmm. and, uh, Gage, the kid and church, the, the cat are kind of just like walking around together, like cock of the walk. What are you looking up over there? I was trying to find what Stephen King drank. <laughs> oh, it's fine. <laughs> it's not Stop fine. It. It's, it's distracting. You have to. You have to. You have to comment on the things that I'm saying once in a while, Tom. Wow, that sounds like uh, it's something. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Um, so Judd wakes up and he finds Gage in his house. Yeah. Hello, Judd, Gage piped in a babyish but perfectly understandable voice. I've come to, I've come to send your rotten, stinking old soul straight to hell. Uh, you well, fucked that's... with me once. Do you th- did you think I wouldn't come back sooner or later and fuck with you? That's not something you want to hear your recently returned-to-life son say to you. Well, no, this is, this is the old man. So this is just the kid across the street. Wait, what kid across the street? Gage. Is that well, the kid who died? G- Gage is the kid who died. Okay. He went across the street 
to Judd's house, the old oh, man. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Well, even Herman still. Munster. Yeah, that's not something you want to hear your neighbors could say to you either. It's even worse. And guess what? If my son said that to me, I'd be like, all right, that's enough. Yeah. But if somebody I'm else gonna, I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. Yeah. All right. Remember uh, Judd's uh, recently deceased wife, Norma? Oh, no. Yeah. Norma's dead, and there'll be no one to mourn you, Gage said. What a cheap slut she was. She fucked every one of your friends, Judd. She let them put it up her ass. That's wow. how she liked it best. She's burning in hell. Arthritis and all. I saw her there, Judd. I saw her there. <laughs> arthritis and all? Yeah, she had ar- arthritis. That was kind of her thing. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. If you're in hell, I mean, I guess it would suck to have arthritis still. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Do you think that was kills- true? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, this kid is just a, a a menace. Yeah, it sounds like the original problem child. <laughs> Man, if, did he come back with red hair? <laughs> maybe we'll have to see in the movie. Yeah. Imagine they switch the role halfway through the movie to yeah, a problem he's, child. He's got a, a a red hair and a bowl cut and a little bow tie on. <laughs> Man, I love the problem, child. <laughs> well, I'll tell you who didn't. No, I'll tell you who did. John, John Ritter. Ritter. Yeah, he loved him. Yeah. He, he didn't name care. Was Junior. I mean, he yeah. did kind of care, but Um, well, he he thought he could he thought he could fix him, but he yeah. can't fix a problem like the problem child. He sure can. He learned that the hard way. I don't know. Um, maybe by the end he was fixed. They made like 3 of those. Anyway, he uh, the 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 kid kills Judd. How so? so How with the scalpel? With the scalpel, yeah. Mm. And then uh, Rachel, mm-hmm. the wife, finally arrives, and she goes straight to Judd's house because she had been talking to Judd, oh, and Judd right. was like, "You don't have to come back here. Like, I I got this under control. So like, and like she could tell that Judd was hiding something from her, so she yeah. went to go see him first, and first. She sees uh, Gage take the form of her deceased sister, who mm-hmm. she remember when she watched her sister die or whatever. Yeah, but then it turns into Gage, and she gets killed too. Um, and then uh, Lewis wakes up across the street, and he's like, mm. "Oh no, someone's been rifling through my bag. Let me go <laughs> talk to Judd." And he goes and sees what happens. And here's the the coolest thing about this book. Uh huh. There's like barely a struggle because like he realizes what's going on. He's like, my kids come back to life. He's killed these people. He's killed yeah. like my wife and my best friend. Um, here he is. He's a two year old. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so he just injects him really quickly. And I think even in the book, it says like, this wasn't like a horror movie where we thought he was dead and he came back. It's just like he injects him with the morphine and he dies. Wow. Um, and he's like, all right, here's what I need to do. I just need to burn this place to the ground. Yeah. So he burns it to the ground. Cut to Steve Masterson, mm. who is uh, Lewis's coworker at the at the hospital or the, the ER. Hospital. Yeah. Mm. Um, and he drives because he's just he drives out there. He's like, I want to check on Lewis. I haven't seen him in a while. Um, yeah. His wife called me frantically yesterday, looking for mm. him. Let me just see. And he sees. 
Judd's house is burning and all the neighbors are out and oh, the wow. fire department's coming and he's like, shit. He walks across <laughs> and he sees Lewis mm-hmm. walking into the woods carrying mm-hmm. something. And he's like, he follows him in there and finally runs and catches up to him. And Lewis is like, I need to help. I need you to help me with this. And he goes over the, the, the deadfall and you yeah. know, whatever. And Steve Masterson like is walking with him. And then he's just like, you know what? Fuck this. This is too scary. I'm <laughs> out of here. And he leaves. Um, yeah. Forget all this. I don't know. I've been magically walking over things. I don't like this. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, all right, enough. And he like never saw any of them again. And he moved to St. Louis and he's just like, whatever. <laughs> um, but Lewis mm-hmm. buries Rachel in the pet cemetery in <sighs> And he's just like, I know what happened with Gage. I waited mm. too long. And the longer you wait, the more evil they are. She just died. I'll bury her. She'll be back to normal. And it ends with uh, Lewis just sitting, playing solitaire, because that's what he does. He fucking builds ships and bottles and plays solitaire, <laughs> just like dicks away his life. Um, <laughs> and then Rachel comes in and she she says, darling. And then that's the end of the book. Oh, so it worked. Yeah. Okay, so the the lesson in the end is sometimes the pet cemetery works if you're quick. I mean, it always works. We don't know if she says darling and then slits his throat. She probably says darling, what do you want for dinner? Hmm, yeah. I'm regular now. I'm just a regular lady. <laughs> I'm, I'm a regular housewife now. Yeah. Um... Well, that, I mean, uh, uh, all joking aside, um, I wonder if uh, if that ending is meant to imply that he wants her to kill him. You know, like he wants to be dead now. Mm. I don't Maybe. know. I mean, I guess he's still got another kid. And also it's like, well, if you bring your wife back to life evil and she kills you, she's still going to be around. Yeah. Probably to kill the kid, too. Yeah. Well, I guess somebody will probably take her down eventually, but... Who? Well, to be honest, it seems like Lewis was in uh, playing with the full deck towards the end there. Yeah. Makes it hard to play solitaire. Sure does. (laughs) Um, Tom, what I didn't realize... And here's the thing. Last week, Mm -hmm. I was really disturbed by this book because it involved the death of a child, Mm -hmm. which is sad. But I think it was also like it was a stressful week. I was reading yeah. it like during the election and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and when reading this and like a kid comes back to life and t- tells an old man like I fucked your wife or whatever, like that's <laughs> he didn't fun. Say that's that. cool. <laughs> well, he basically said that. He, he just said your wife fucked all your friends. Yeah, but like that's cool. That's fun. I gotta stop. <laughs> I gotta cool. stop. That's be- badass. A two-year-old like, telling people like, that. Oh my god, this book is so disturbing. It's like, all right, this book's kind of fun. Um, but what I didn't realize, Tom, do you know the monkey's paw? The the story. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what the kind of the you know that like? All right, y- you can make a wish, and mm-hmm. then it ironically comes true, right? Yeah, yeah. The actual short story by W.W. Jacobs. I think it's um, (laughs) www.jacobs.com. 
it's it's this couple. They get they get the monkey's paw. Uh-huh. And the husband wishes for two hundred pounds. Um the the money. Um, uh, uh British sterling. Yeah, to make the final mortgage payment on his house. Okay. And the monkey's paw closes, closes a finger. Right? Yeah. And somebody comes to the house and they're like, uh, your son was killed in a terrible accident. But, um, you know, the insurance paid out this 200 pounds. Here you have it. <laughs> your son died in a horrible accident, but luckily you had extremely shitty insurance. On it. No, 200 pounds is, uh, 24,000 pounds in, in, current dollars but if you're gonna if you're gonna wish for money just wish for like a lot more than you need not like exactly the amount for my final mortgage well maybe she was trying to be you know wasn't trying to be greedy but you know still got fucked all the same um and maybe if she had wished for you know a million pounds then i don't know something even worse would have happened yeah Anyway, the second wish, he's mm-hmm. like, oh, crap. I'm going to wish that my son comes back to life. Ah. Um, and then the son comes back, and he's rotting, and he's decomposing. Yeah, like a and, zombie. And then when they go to answer the door, he's gone. And that was the third wish that he had made. He regretted his wish. So anyway, mm-hmm. Stephen King like overtly based this on the monkey's paw. Yeah. And here I am getting all upset. But Stephen King was like, you know, it'd be fucked up if instead of like, a, like they had an adult son who died in the monkey's paw. Right. Like, what if I killed a two-year-old with a truck? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be even more horrifying? And yeah. maybe in my book, the monkeys aren't even going to be in it. So it won't even have, you know, that little uh, bit of whimsy. Yeah. It killed them to have a fun little monkey in here. Oh, I was talking about the band. Ooh, Davy Jones. Yeah. Who else? Peter Tork. Mm-hmm. Name the rest of them. <laughs> Peter Tork was the one whose mom invented Whiteout. I think so. Liquid yeah. paper. Mm-hmm. Um, Quite a claim uh, to fame. No, I mean, very little use for it nowadays. Mickey but, uh, Dolan's we both should have gotten. Oh fuck yeah! Oh wait, I think it was Michael Nesmith who whose mom invited invented liquid paper. Oh okay, well good for her. How'd she invent it? What's in it? That's something that's always uh, perplexed <laughs> White paint, me. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, because like I don't know. It's sticky, but then when it dries, you can like kind of write on it, but not really. You can write on paint. Uh, well, but like paint you put on paper. Yeah, I guess it was just like a little bottle of paint. <laughs> Bet Nesmith Graham invented the first correction fluid in her kitchen. Working as a typist, she used to make many mistakes and always strove for a way to correct them. Just be a better typist. Starting on the a basis of tempura paint, she mixed with common kitchen blender. She called the fluid mistake out. And started to provide her coworkers with small bottles on which the brand's name was displayed. Hmm. Hmm. She sold it to the Gillette Corporation 
for $47.5 million with royalties. What? That's in what year? 1979. Oh, my God. That's a lot of money. Yeah. So she, she, but. That was the business or just like the formula? The business. Okay. She, she, so she, yeah. Wow. What a lady. Bet Nesmith Graham. I mean, at first it sounded to me like she just came up with this in her kitchen and then sold it for $50 million and was like, well, all right. That was pretty much the story that I had understood. Yeah. Well, I mean, even creating a company to create that kind of value, especially when I do you think you can even buy whiteout nowadays? <laughs> mm, I'm sure you not. can because you can buy everything nowadays. But oh, like, geez. she I, di- she died in 1980. Oh, she didn't even get to enjoy it. This is a real monkey's paw situation. Oh, yeah, <laughs> with two E's. <laughs> Tim, uh, what's your final review of uh, Pet Cemetery? Pet Cemetery. I loved it. I loved it, and it made me want to read more Stephen King. It's wow. it's been a while since I've read a novel mm-hmm. um, that was just fun and compelling. That was, <laughs> what just was kind of like. What do you think was the funnest part when their two year old got pancaked by a truck? No, when the two year old came back and talked like a talked like an adult and told the old man about how the his wife got effed in the A. <laughs> yeah, I can see that being your favorite part. <laughs> that part was fun. You're probably like, Oh, that that little stinker deserved to get run over with his a mouth like skimp. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, uh, uh, I'm going to watch the, the original Pet Cemetery movie. Yeah. So it was a 1988, I want to say. Yeah. Um, I, that movie. 1989. I remember being, well, we'll talk about it next week, but I remember being at a, at a childhood sleepover where that was, uh, you know, the scary movie du jour Hmm. to play. But it, it, I think, it, much like the book, it sounds like you know, kind of started off not slow, but you know, didn't didn't start off scary. So I think we turned it off pretty quickly. Hmm. I guess I won't save the story. I think that's all there there is to that story. <laughs> I think you guys were all just a little scared and afraid to admit it. And no, like, this isn't scary. No, it was just like boring, you know, in the beginning because it was going over like the family and stuff. It's like, let's see zombie cats. That's what the cover promised. Well, more than zombie cats, my friend. All right. Well, um, that's it for this week, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. It's time for uh, bed. Tim gave the book five stars out of five stars. I'm going to watch the movie and uh, we'll be back next week to report all about it. I might watch the movie too. Hey, go for it. Why not? All right. I will. I probably won't. (laughs) We'll see you next week. (laughs) 